Well, hi, everybody. It's Kim Winter from Logistics Executive Group again. Um, thank you for joining us. I'm uh, joined uh, fairly early in my day, but later in the day with a very special guest, um, one of New Zealand's finest, um, a national treasure from New Zealand, would be my way of putting it, and uh, one of our icons in the literary world and the social world in New Zealand. Um, this gentleman is a, is a very highly regarded author. He's a member of the British Empire. He is recognised as one of New Zealand's great literary commentators, social commentators, has uh, been the author of New Zealand's most famous book and film, uh, Once for Warriors, which is a huge statement on uh, New Zealand's social scene uh, back in the uh, 80s and 90s. I think it was produced in 1994. And more recently, collaborated with one of the great sportsmen of the world, um, Sonny Bill Williams, um, an Islander, Kiwi, uh, Polynesian Kiwi, and uh, based in Australia these days, has transcended um, sport from rugby league and rugby union, um, and has uh, been a leader of uh, of people, his own people, of sporting people, made amazing transitions in his personal and religious life. Um, Sonny Bill Williams, an icon of the sporting world. Without further ado, it is my really humble pleasure to introduce Mr. Alan Duff, MBE. Hey, Alan. Uh, hi, yeah. Hi, everybody. Good to see you, and thanks for joining us today from uh, from down under. Alan, we always like our guests to give us a, a bit of a heads up on their upbringing. Uh, I see from your profile you're brought up in Rotorua, um, the heartland of, of Maoridom and uh, New Zealand. You know, please tell us about your upbringing and uh, how you got into the uh, into the sphere of uh, literature. Uh, I, yeah, I come from a, a literary academic family on my father's side, a, a white Kiwi and a wonderful man. Uh, to whom I dedicated every single one of my books. Um, unfortunately, he married an extremely volatile Maori, being my mother, <laughs> and she had a tendency to go and wreck our house and attack my father physically, and mm. uh, it really traumatised all of us children, and we got into trouble uh, growing up. Uh I, I consider myself so lucky that I was blessed with the literary uh, genes on the Duff side of things. So uh, once I was able to face up to myself and grow up, um, everything started to happen, including uh, you know my my literary um, career. But I'm I'm just thankful for for the for the genes. Sure. Now, now, Alan, Once a Warriors was iconic. Uh, I know it had a massive impact on me and and uh, all the generations through um, the the 80s, 90s, and and still remains an uh, an absolutely uh, monumental piece of work. Um, talk to us a little bit about what was going on in your mind when you came up with the book and the very successful movie Once a Warriors. Well, at the time, I was a complete uh, unknown and um, living in a in a very small uh, a rural town in Central Hawke's Bay. My wife was running a, a hospital for uh, people with um, head injuries, and I had the dream that I was going to write a novel. Uh, 
I really wanted to say something about, and, and it was everything was in the title, uh, being Once for Warriors, because at the time I wrote it, we were, we were a society that had, that was still reeling from getting all of our meaning from being warriors to it becoming an unlawful thing because, you know, we used to go and kill the enemy and that's where we got all our status and our standing from. And then the British culture was thankfully introduced as far as I'm personally concerned and uh, brought all of that to an end. And I think that until maybe 20 years ago, we have been struggling. We've still got our struggles, but I, we're, we're emerging mm. out of it. There is a sector that isn't. Uh, I suppose in summary, I wrote about domestic violence, a culture of heavy drinking and of not non-reading um, and a highly dysfunctional uh, family setting, but not all of the family were dysfunctional, but the father was a drunken, violent man who didn't know any better. And I'm going to explore that in a series where what made him uh, what he is. And in fact, I I have an opening quote in the in the pilot that I've been writing, and it's and it's from Carl Jung, and it says, "I am not what happened to me; I am what I choose to become." Wow. And I think that's that sums it all up for me. The my whole attitude to life, uh, having had a hard life myself. Um, that despite what happened to me, uh, that is not that's not what I am. I chose to become a writer. I chose to become a person of integrity and honor and all of the other things. And then out of Once for Warriors, because I had a scene with the the, the other main character, the wife of Jake, uh, she was walking through her house realizing that she was her house was bookless and so were the homes of all of the other everybody else that she knew and well from that idea I visited a school in 1993 in a tough part of Hawke's Bay and thought well I'm going to come back for some books for these children and then so that's when we started the program called Books and Homes. It's now called Duffy Books and Homes, a little bit of a play on my name, which was against, I didn't want my name there. Um, but the Prime Minister uh, two years ago handed out our 13 millionth book, and now wow. we've passed the 14 million uh, bookmark, giving books to poor children, most of those children, Maori and Pacific Islander uh, kids, and refugee kids. Yep. We get a lot of uh, refugees in New Zealand from the Middle East. Um, and that, so they'll be the happy recipients of books from our organisation. Mm. And also I've done it in partnership and could not have done it without uh, their involvement with a logistics company, our biggest and best uh, logistics company and best listed company by Country Mile Main Freight. Yes. Um, who today just ordered 1,500 copies of Sonny Bill's book. So... Wow. We've had that, you know, I've had a close friendship with the founder of Main Freight for the last 27 years. So it's That's just incredible. been a wonderful journey. 
It's great to see corporate being involved, and I know there's a very tight personal relationship there, Alan. And um, and it's but it's great to see one of New Zealand's iconic companies, certainly the most famous New Zealand company, um, and globally highly performed, being main freight and. Uh, well done to them for, for the alignment. Um, the context, of course, Alan, for, for our upbringing and, and you're a baby boomer like myself, brought up in a similar era, um, being that uh, you're of Pākehā and Māori descent, uh, I'm, I'm Pākehā more so, um, but we brought up in a, in a very interesting time where prior to that, the generations before the war, um, there was the typical ex uh, lingering colonial past from New Zealand where the British came to New Zealand um, back in the 1700s, took on the Māori, very strong uh, tribal warrior uh, nation and uh, didn't succeed in subjugating the Māori. And of course, we have the, Ma the Treaty of Waitangi, um, which meant that there had to be an agreement of terms, but the, the British never subjugated the Māori. And, and I had think thinking back then, once war warriors, the Māori were certainly some of the strongest Māori uh, culture uh, nations around the world, um, certainly remain so in terms of culture. Yes. Let's, let's move to, to the mention you made of uh, Sonny Bill Williams, uh, the book that you can't stop stop the sun shining, another iconic book, and obviously going to number one with fifteen hundred copies being ordered by Main Freight today. That's sensational news, and congratulations. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about the uh, the book with Sunny Bill Williams, because uh, for those folks who understand South Pacific, Australia, New Zealand culture or rugby culture, he is an icon of a man, also. Well, yeah, and and he's. I don't think it's it's arguable that he's the greatest sportsman that New Zealand has ever produced, because he excelled at at, at the highest possible level in four uh, different sports uh, from rugby league. Uh, so he won he won championships twice in in Australia with that, and then he was uh, he played for the national uh, rugby league side. Then he played rugby in France and moved back to New Zealand and said, I'm going to play for the All Blacks. And he went on to become a great All Black. And while he was at it, he thought, well, I may as well do some boxing. He <laughs> had a few debts and became the New Zealand uh, heavyweight champion. And then he thought, I like this game of rugby sevens. And so he got into the Olympic squad. And so he went to the Olympics. So all in all, a fantastic uh, sporting achievement. I think it's. I think everybody agrees, any or anyone who knows him, that his greatest achievements really are the fact that he has become a better person, and he goes on about that. That's the theme of his life, wanting to be a better person. And I think, in the context of where you are, uh, it was Islam that made him. He credits Islam with making him a, a better, a better person, Shukran. and it's what he always wanted to be. I just want to be a better person. He needed spiritual uh, guidance. He needed a spiritual presence in his life. And and Islam is what gave it gave it to him. And that in itself has been most enlightening for me, learning, you know, the basic tenets of, of Islam and and why they do things. I was like a lot of people, I started off with my prejudices all born out of mm. 9/11 and you know and the different yeah. terrorist acts, but that is not that is not representative of 
of people of the Islamic faith, not Correct. for one moment. Absolutely. And, uh, it just he just taught me the, the deepest respect for for them, and and for that matter, for Christianity and for any other yeah. any other religion. Even though I'm not a religious person, uh, I still believe in in principles, uh, you know, having moral principles in life and always doing the right thing. So, yeah, uh, it's it's been a fantastic uh, exercise. My biggest difficulty was uh, trying to get him to not be so extremely modest. Yes. At one stage, think quite quite early in the piece, he said, "Oh well." How, after about a week, he said, oh, are you pleased with how it's going? And I said, no, I'm not actually, Sonny. I said, you've just told me that in a particular rugby test, you played all right. And I've just YouTube something and that highlights of that game. And you were man of the match and you turned the whole game. You won the game with your offloads and your, you know, your general play. And he said, oh, well, I, I didn't. I've never thought to be boastful. And, and I said, well, we need you to at least give us some, some honest facts. So he really opened up. And it's, we, we just had a magnificent journey together. And yeah. we're, now, we're now brothers. You know, we, yeah. we are, we're brothers. We love each other. So Yeah, I, I think um, Sonny Bill's journey through his uh, earlier days of indiscretion and finding his way as a, as a Polynesian um, youth, and uh, having lots of accolades because it was natural uh, genius abilities on the sporting field, but not so much controlling them off. But um, but then growing into that man, adopting Islam as his guiding light, and and sharing that word. As certainly, I've had the 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 great fortune of briefly meeting him. Uh, the man has a genuine aura. Anybody who's ever had any contact with him, and that's hundreds of thousands of people. Um, feel that aura, that benefit. He's the most selfless person you could ever imagine meeting, as you mentioned. Um, yes. And what he's doing, uh, what he's doing in terms of um, social, uh, especially in the world of the world of Polynesia, uh, for Polynesian youth as a guiding light, as an example, uh, as a man who is is setting a pathway forward for young people, men and women, boys and girls, is incredible. Uh, and it is a story worthy of global note. Uh, sure, it's based in the Pacific, and um, but he's pay, played all over the world and influenced people through the All Blacks, through the Olympics, and what have you. And it is an incredible um, alignment between your uh, capabilities and your your knowledge and your experience to guide him through that uh, process and collaborate with that book. So. I haven't read it yet. I'm really looking forward to getting a signed copy. Um, <laughs> so I'll have we'll, to work we'll on get, them with we'll that. We'll get that to you. We'll get yeah. that to you, no problem. Absolutely. But, Alan, um, look, your work also, um, you and I share the kindred spirit of, of, of working in the humanitarian sector and education, freedom from poverty through education through Oasis Africa, which I've shared with you and, and our exploits yes. in East Africa remarkably aligned my friend uh, in the types of endeavors that we've undertaken something about those days being brought up in New Zealand who knows um, but I think it's it's incredible what you have achieved um, I know that you're working on some projects we can't talk about at the moment to bring even more light to the world of diversity um, of domestic violence of of culture clash and collaboration 
Um, I think you genuinely are one of our, our most uh, iconic people, and uh, I, I, I stand in uh, in honour in front of you, my friend, because uh, you absolutely have made a massive social change and political change in New Zealand. Um, Alan, for, for the youngsters, we always like our guests to give us a word or two. If, if people are looking to follow your path and, and get into expressing themselves and overcoming the challenges that they have and, and getting into literature and getting into writing and expressing themselves that way or through film, what one or two tidbits of knowledge would you pass on? I think the number one I would pass on is don't be a copycat. Don't be derivative. Don't look to see what others are doing. Of course, we all we all need to, uh, with a mind to copying it, but with a with a mind to being inspired. But be inspired by your own ideas. Don't try and make versions of other people's work. Be original. Respect originality, and never be threatened by talent greater than yourself. Wow. Yeah. Very sage words from a very wise man and. Uh, and Alan Duff, uh, author, uh, playwright, uh, filmmaker, uh, social change maker. Um, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure and honour to speak with you, Alan. Um, we've spoken before and, and previously at the top of the show, but hearing the words coming from your heart, um, incredible. And uh, and I hope our audience can, in, can take value from what you've had to say. Um, the word that comes into my mind when I when I'm talking to you and I'm sitting here thinking about what you've done is is mana. Um, you, you carry extremely powerful mana, and uh, if you want to explain to our audience what the word mana means, uh, we'll look to go out on that. Well, mana means uh, your your standing. It also means your inner your inner being, uh, which means that you've got to be at peace. Uh, with with all of your environment, as in your family and those close to you. Uh, and it's mana means your dignity. And mana has got a certain ferocity about being prepared to die for its dignity rather than bow down. So, you know, thank you for the compliment. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, Alan, very powerful words, and I do encourage people to read uh, your latest book um, with Sonny Bill Williams, Can't Stop the Sun from Shining, an iconic piece. Uh, people look down here and they can see where to register to go and get a copy of the book and uh, to share the thoughts of, of, of power and peace and leadership. Um, and, uh, Alan, I will look forward to keeping in touch and, uh, and good luck with more sales on the book. Thank you very much, Kim. Take care. Thanks, Alan.